EM in Tech Online, JBA here, and welcome to bonus episode 17 of Diversity and Mentorship in Technology, where we continue the conversation about diversity, mentorship, careers, business in technology with our guest. Each bonus episode is tied to a show episode, so don't forget to check that out first if you haven't already done so. Now, one more time, let's reintroduce our guest, Sabah Pervez, and get into a deeper discussion regarding the topic of the week, Health Tech 2.0. So Sabah, welcome back. Hi. So what I want to do now is just kind of talk a little bit more about Health 2.0 and specifically Catalyst. Uh, so for our listeners, what is that Catalyst 2.0 and how the organization started and what is it doing for the health industry overall? Sure. Um, a lot of people know Health 2.0 in the industry um, and they primarily know the organization by a uh, conference that we run annually. Um, it used to be in SF and now it's in Santa Clara just because there's such been, been, you know, a great attendance. They kind of outgrew the ballrooms in San Francisco. They had to move to Santa Clara. Um, but yeah, so the majority of the people in the industry know help to clinic by conferences that we run. Uh, we have annual fall conference. We have winter tech. We have, you know, pre- uh, conferences for pre- precision medicine now, um, in the winter time as well. So just a wide variety, both uh, in America as well as internationally that we run. But I actually work for Catalyst. We're a small group based in Brooklyn that is known to be more of the innovation and commercialization arm of Health 2.0. The Catalyst specifically uh, runs you know, innovation challenges. Uh, we have one going on with RWJF right now to tackle the opioid crisis. Um, we run protocols and we run pilot programs with organizations such as the um, International Finance Corporation, a part of the World Bank, and the New York Economic Development Corporation. Gotcha. And what I want to do is, I know you guys launched a program, Tech Quality, recently. Can you guys go a little bit more into what that is? Yeah, of course. Um, Tech Quality is one of my favorites. So Tech Quality is one part of Health Dependence Diversity Initiative. Um, It actually started uh, from a panel workshop panel discussion and a workshop at our annual fall conference in 2016. So at that time, we had a panel discussion from four individuals who are themselves a part of underrepresented groups in health tech and are currently innovating in the health tech field. So after a great response to the workshop and an outcry of support for bringing attention to the need to highlight the lack of diversity in health tech, we decided as Health Equino that we needed to do something more. You know, we have such a great network. So we felt that we were, you know, best position to be able to do something and bring more attention. So while highlighting the lack of diversity in health tech brings awareness, it doesn't really get to the root of the problem we saw. And one of which is that innovators from underrepresented groups do not have the necessary resources or access to people who have been successful in the health tech space. So we actually created a mentorship program um, by the name of Tech Quality, which is in its second round right now. Um, the first round, you know, was a great success. We received not only anecdotal evidence, anecdotal you know, support for the program, but a lot of our mentees were even able to get jobs, you know, put in specific expertise into the products they were working in right now, just with the mentors that they were working with. So we decided to do another round. Um, you know, both rounds have been sponsored by our friends over at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, who have been such great supporters of this program, um, and we really appreciate them. So we're currently in our second round right now. Um, we have matched 58 mentors and mentees. You know, I just sent up mid program surveys, so I'm just receiving feedback as to how the program is going right now. But anecdotally, um, you know, people are, you know, very excited about it. My mentees have gotten jobs again just in the past two months, I want to say. 
and they really are appreciative for the program and the mentors that they've been matched with. Wow, that's an awesome program. And you said 58 mentees so far. That's uh, amazing. And I think mentorship is a very under-talked about topic in both regular tech and health tech in general. So I'm, it's exciting to hear that initiative is taking place overall. And then we talked about that more in detail. What I want to do is, is kind of ask your thoughts about the access to healthcare. And I know it's off of a little bit of the health tech conversation, but I think in some way, access to healthcare is not just, oh, do I have insurance for a doctor? It's do I have the right tools to take care of myself and prevent something that perhaps, you know, if I can do my own checkups, if I can monitor things that are going on with my body and uh, overall health, it may help, right? Lower my overall healthcare costs. I have to see the doctor less frequently. What's your thought about how healthcare is changing from a legislative perspective and is that affecting technology and in what way, if you can maybe elaborate? Yeah, so I think your first question was, uh, what is access to healthcare? So, you know, we've read like all those different articles about how healthcare isn't just for the person that lies every iteration of the Fitbit, has had a jawbone, has had, you know, every type of fitness tracker that exists to a point because they can afford it and because they can't get it. Healthcare is for everyone, um, you know, as it should be, right? So I think access is really thinking outside of the boxes. You know, the tech industry, uh, I'm going to say, like, as soon as a new technology comes out, uh, for more often than not, it's for the people that can usually afford it. You know, after that is when we see the ripple effects of the prices coming down and access being given to, you know, people far and wide, right? So I think access in healthcare, we really have to dig deep and think about the patients around the country. You know, we think getting to the hospital for some people, creating an appointment, um, just going through that whole process is so easy for everyone, right? I myself work in healthcare, but sometimes I'm confused on how to, you know, access uh, or way find my way through specific, um, you know, uh, plans, my, my own insurance plan. And so for me, you know, being in healthcare for so many years and, you know, being more proactive about my healthcare, if that's confusing for me at times, I can't imagine what it's like for, you know, a mother, a single mother of four children, um, trying to get her children access to healthcare, um, you know, somewhere in the middle of America. So access, I, I want to say it's not just even, you know, being physically in the hospital or the clinic itself. It's finding your way to the hospital in that clinic and making sure you're taking part in preventative medicine, that you're eating right. It's a huge lifestyle portion of it as well, right? You know, I, I was, we were thinking, we were actually journey mapping the other day, um, the, the patient's access. And you know, for some people, even buying, um, or even getting to the hospital is so hard, right? They can't afford it. I feel like we completely overlook that all the time, you know? So access to a lot of different things. Um, it's our lifestyle, you know, the choices we make, how we get to the hospital, how we get to the doctors, and how we, you know, make use of insurance plans that we may not even be on for, for, for a lot of people in America. Absolutely. And I think one of the things I was finding interesting, you know, your background in uh, the BS in neurobiology, I watched a show called, uh, several shows, Black Mirror, and it talks about the future of tech and you know, some, some of these things can be a little bit invasive. <laughs> if you think about privacy, yes. uh, you know, all your data is out there, all your tech data is out there and it's, it's coming in a good way because now you can monitor that, but also it's my health information, my, my data. What are you finding in terms of the privacy of that in terms of your organization, other organizations? Are they more aware from a tech perspective that this data needs to be secured or is it kind of so new that no one's really figured out what the future is in terms of, you know, perhaps a breach of security, that type of thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I do want to say from all the companies that I've worked with, uh, you know, 
things such as HIPAA and cybersecurity are so important to, important to them that these types of things are embedded within the technology from the very get-go. Either, otherwise, no one will even talk to you just because, you know, as if I'm funding you, if I'm sponsoring some part of your, your initiative or whatever it may be, um, it can be such a risk for anyone that is working with you if your product is not, you know, made in the right way from the get-go. Um, so I want to say the innovators these days, that's one of the first things they think about. Data is such, um, you know, you can tell so much about a person from their data. I'm really glad you, t- you touched on the Black Bear show. I've yet to catch up, but I've heard great things about that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably do that this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I want to say the tech we do realize that because um, it, it is such an important thing. But then again, you know, we are, there's always a chance that you're susceptible to a breach, right? And that's everyone. So I think just as patients, we have to be very aware of, you know, that this data is being accessed by other people. And we have to be very, you know, aware of the people that we're granting the permissions to, right? I feel like it's always in the fine print. And we all know that very few people read the fine print. But I want to stress that it's so important to read that fine print because when, once you sign off on it, you know, it's gone and people have access to it. But there's so much. I read a couple of years ago, actually, and I don't, I would actually be interested in to see how, how much this has changed. But healthcare data, healthcare information actually sells for much more on the black market um, than credit card data because it's so valuable. You know, there's so many things that people can uh, guard against these days. But then again, you know, a breach can always happen. And so somebody can learn so much about you, how many trips you've made to the hospital, what things you've been in contact with, what you're going through you know, they can kind of discriminate against you going forward. Um, and, it's, and it's really scary. It is. And and one of the things I was thinking about as you were, you were talking and the question I had asked is that, you know, I go into the dentist's office currently or the, the doctor's office and they have these really cool laptops where you sign in or you do things online and they're like, oh, this is really cool. And then the other side of my brain being on the server side, data center side of things is uh, yeah. you know, on a daily basis, I, I stop and say, well, maybe... Let me see what they're asking for. <laughs> Let's see if I can skip it. And a lot of times I do uh, certain portions, but you're right. It definitely is important, but anyone can be breached. And it's just a question of the comfortability and hopefully, you know, making sure the compliance is, is there as we grow this technology integration into, into healthcare. Exactly. So, Zabai, so I want to stop there. And I, again, thank you for coming on the show. And I think our DMIT listeners have experienced incredible value just from the health side of things, but also tech. And I think that, you know, we'll make sure that people check out the Tech Quality Mentorship Program. I think it's a very valuable initiative. And then you can also check out Catalyst 2.0, where you can find out more about Tech Quality and Sabah, or mention her on Twitter at Sabah Pervez. And Sabah, thank you again for coming on the show and and, uh, we'll definitely talk soon. Definitely. Thank you so, so much for having me, Jeremy.